0: Hey, Alexis. Good morning. We're coming at you today from Alexis's mom's closet.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. I
0: mean, I didn't expect that we would be here today, but we're here and it's it's a fun little venue. We're sitting on the floor, we're sitting on like a shag carpet. It's so cozy. <laughs> we had to come here because Alexis's kids are home. It's summer break. And so her house is normally our our go-to, but we don't want little minions, minions running in. Running in. So we came here and then we tried to go in one room. But the alarm was beeping and this whole house like echoes. So, like, the alarm sounded 50,000 times louder in our
1: headphones. So, we had to move to the closet and shut all the doors. And I replaced the battery. I did everything <laughs> possible. So, I hope this carbon monoxide's not actually.
0: If we're gonna going go, out,
1: we can just fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: is what it is. Yeah. But I am so pumped for today as usual. And what's funny about what I'm covering today is like, if I'm going to be honest with you, I found the topic and I was like, I don't know if there's enough on this. Like, is it going to be that cool? And... Holy cow, there's so much stuff. I had so much fun writing it. Oh, I like, can't wait to hear. I stayed up till 11 each night, which is really late for me. Late? I know. I was wondering. I text you late and you responded. Normally, I'm like 830. If she calls, I'm like, I'm already sleeping. Go away. <laughs> but I will start with the fact that iconic characters in advertising have played like a huge role in the success of brands. And I mean, that's been like for decades, right? Like We're used to seeing iconic like brand mascots. mascots. And many brands attempt to create, like, an iconic character or mascot for their brand. But I think we can agree, like, most just fail. Like, they don't really stay around for a long time. They choose a new mascot maybe every couple years. Yeah. But there's a few that have stuck. Totally. Maybe you'll remember some of these mascots that, like, were not so long-lived. One of them, we just kind of covered this recently. Remember that plastic-faced mascot, the King from Burger King from a couple, like, years ago? yeah. He was creepy. So he was that creepy character that was featured in commercials, like, scaring women, sneaking up on customers in the dark. Like, he would, like, be in a tunnel, like, stalk them. Like, what the fuck? Who thought that was a good idea? Yeah. No. That's what I want to know. So they decided to ax him after his four-year reign in 2011 because he was so disliked and sales were in a slump. Yeah. I mean, his face was creepy. It was so creepy. And it was kind of shiny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. It was it was totally gross. And then the next one, I'm a little too young to remember. I mean, you are too, when it originated. But Domino's had a mascot in the late 80s called The Noid. Do you remember this? No. It's interesting because they just brought—they've been bringing it back, like, occasionally, but it's not, like, a long-standing character. So this character, he had a goal in life to ruin Domino's Pizza, like, wherever it could be found. Hence the slogan. It was, like, avoid the noid. So this weird creature was indistinguishable. It was, like, was it human? Is it an animal? Is it an alien? Like, it was really unclear. And more disturbingly was that it actually caused a mentally unstable man to hold a U.S. Domino's franchise hostage at gunpoint because he was convinced the character was based on him. <gasps> Weird. I mean, that was like, you know, decades ago. Yeah. So the Noid did not survive the 90s, but like I said, it's been brought back. I actually was, got an alert this morning in my inbox from Media Post or one of the outlets I follow in our industry, and they were talking about the Noid coming back and doing like a TikTok campaign. And like selling NFTs, like those like non, fun, I forget what how you say it, fungible mm-hmm. tokens. Yeah, wasn't that weird?
1: Yeah, that's so weird. Oh God! Speaking of TikTok, I went down a rabbit hole last night. Amanda texted me this cute little boy skiing, and the whole time he was mic'd, and he's so cute saying "powder, powder," <laughs> and then I just kept going and going like. I cannot get on
0: TikTok because I just got consumed for an I hour. I know, I know. It is. There actually, I think, could be some really fun roundups we do on like TikTok campaigns, like successful ones, and that because yeah. brands are doing it are doing really cool stuff. There's other mascots you may remember: Mister Clean, the Energizer Bunny, the Dell guy, the Glad man. I mean, they Jack they, from Jack in the Box. Yeah, like they stick around for maybe a little longer than some of the other ones I've mentioned, but then poof, like they're no longer part of the brand. And I actually read something hilarious about the Glad Man last night, I wanna tell you. Um, he actually was referred to as the man from Glad, not the Glad Man. And this dude was the spokesperson for the company. And Glad's like the trash bag, right, saran yeah. wrap, all that stuff, right? He was the spokesperson for the company like in the 60s and 70s. And he was this older dude with white hair dressed in a white suit. And the story behind him is so funny. He would be summoned to various households in order to save housewives from their domestically challenged spouses. <laughs> I want to uh, play a little commercial for you, real quick, if that's okay.
1: Ooh, what is that smelly stuff?
2: My special salad dressing for
1: tomorrow's
0: party. Not in my refrigerator.
2: Man from Glad, man from Glad. Cold war in kitchen. Simmer down, madam. You need Glad wrap. Textured to handle easier. Seals tight. Locks in odors. Flavor, sir, yet no more expensive than other plastic wraps.
1: Be my guest.
2: Seals tight, easier to handle. Try textured glad wrap.
0: That is hilarious. I know. He would, like, wear a trench coat and he would arrive with a bunch of random, like, spy-type tools and, like, contraptions. Like, Mission Impossible, like the original, not the movie, like the show. Show, yeah. He would have, like, the jet packs, like, from that. And it's just perfection. Like, it's so just...
1: I think it's hilarious. I, I honestly was scared when he tipped over the juice. I I thought, with salad dressing or salad dressing, can you actually? I mean, does saran wrap actually hold that strong? I mean, I've never been successful with that. (laughs) I feel like I suck at saran wrap every time
0: I put it on something, it always peels off. I don't know. Totally. Well, it's not that these mascots like weren't successful in the campaigns that ran, because they were like many of them progressed the brand. They just weren't memorable enough to withstand the consumer's attention for like a long period of time. That's why these brands kept switching. So there is one brand that has created a mascot that definitely stands out from the crowd. Three letters in her name. Flo. Flo. F-L-O. Flo. All we need to hear is those three letters, and we conjure this picture of the dark-haired, smiling, like mom-esque personality with an optimistic attitude and a crisp white apron, and she's slinging progressive insurance policies to customers who enter into her superstore, right? <gasps> yeah. So Flo has become a literal advertising icon. Most agree that she is, right now, the single most recognized brand mascot. Would, I would you agree? agree? yeah. You definitely— but I wonder if I, like, saw Flo in the grocery store if I'd recognize her. Oh, you for sure would. I right. mean, especially if she was dressed up. But I go into her whole backstory. It's really interesting okay. here. Well, part of it. She is actually so big that other insurance companies who just over a decade ago dominated in consumers' minds— are probably still trying to figure out, like, what the hell just happened. Because progressive completely kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, and they dominate. Yeah. I have progressive, do you? I do not, no. I did, uh, like, before I was married. I don't know. I mean, it's affordable. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. So it's rumored that All State's Mayhem campaign, you know, that like that oh, guy who like, caused all that yeah. shit. It actually was born out of this battle. And the executive VP of All State's agency, who's Leo Burnett, was quoted saying, We wanted to kick Flo's ass. Like that's why they created Mayhem. Oh my gosh. Isn't that funny? You know
1: what's interesting though? My kids, the farmers jingle, yeah. they sing it around the
0: house. Yeah. They're so that sticks in their head. Like I mean, for insurance some, companies so jingles are are sticky. I think yeah. a lot of them. So and even State Farm, like Jake from State Farm, like you remember him, but he still like he. I haven't seen him recently. Have Yeah, you? and it,
1: I mean, I wouldn't remember him. It, yeah. I mean the jingles memorable for me, but yeah. I like he. I can't even visualize him. But Flo, you close your eyes and you, you see know. Oh, totally. Yeah.
0: And you want to know something even crazier about Flo? She was created by accident. It was a total accident. What? Yes, it's true. So I want to dive into that. And of course, I also want to dive into, like, we know Flo was successful and she's a longstanding brand icon, but did she actually bring in market share and money to Progressive? So we'll talk about all those things. Alrighty. So let's start where I normally like to start. I want to understand a little bit about where Progressive was prior to Flo, and then let's talk about, like, how her character and the surrounding campaign was born. So (laughs) Progressive was actually founded in 1937, which, holy cow, like, I had no idea it was that old. No, either did I. That's crazy. Yeah, and it started with two guys from Cleveland— And fun fact, like, that's where I went to school. In Kent, Ohio? Kent State. And I went from sunny Scottsdale, Arizona to Cleveland. Really (gasps) Everyone thought I was crazy, (laughs) but it happened. So the two founders, Joseph Lewis and Jack Green, saw an opportunity to serve an underserved market and offer something to consumers that no one else was offering, basic insurance that anyone could afford. So by 1956, the company found a niche in ensuring more risky drivers. And in my head, that means people like me because— You turn
1: left from the right No, (laughs) I
0: never do that. But when I was 20 in Kent, Ohio, I had a car, and I never learned to drive in the snow. So did I ever tell you about the time that I fish-chilled into a garbage truck going 10 miles an hour? No. I did. I, like, could never remember. Like, I think you're supposed to turn into the spin. And no one taught me that until after I got in an accident.
1: (laughs) I just wish I was there just watching that. Oh, my God. Good thing
0: you're okay. And good thing Progressive insurance drivers (laughs) like me. So, anyway, today Progressive is one of the largest providers of car insurance in the U.S. And it was actually ranked number 74 on the Forbes 500 list this year. And that list ranks the largest U.S. corporations by revenue it did $42.6 billion in revenue in 2020, and it currently has 35,000 employees. 35,000 I mean, employees? we have 35, and some days I want to... Jump. Jump. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. 35,000?
1: Just multiply that by 1,000. Oh, my gosh. couldn't even imagine. It's crazy.
0: The growth, though, even though it seems amazing and it is amazing, it was not quick. Actually, in 1996... At what looked to be like an annual sales conference that someone took a video at, I found this video online, Progressive's then-CEO, Peter Lewis, said the brand was virtually unknown to customers in this, like speech he gave.
2: The things we've got to execute on now, one is developing a brand. We continue to be unknown to the consumer, except to those few places we've advertised. We have to become better known. We have to be a consumer name. We have to get identified in order to capitalize on everything we're doing.
0: And what year was it again? That was 1996. At that point, the brand had been around for 60 years. That's crazy. And I have stats that are going to shock you. In early 2000, Progressive did a survey. This is early 2000, okay? 60 years after a little bit over that. They did a survey to find out what car insurance companies were top of mind with consumers. And guess what they found out? AAA. A. Uh, no, actually, that did not come up. But only 2% of people named Progressive as a brand they knew after 60 years in business. 2%, okay? Wow. They named Allstate. They named State Farm. But what's even crazier is Progressive's total market share at the time was 4%. So that means they had lower brand awareness than they did customers. Like, even the customers wow. who purchased the policies Weren't remembering progressive. You're like, who, what insurance, yeah, right? Yeah, I now? just have car insurance. Yeah. That's a problem. That is a huge problem. Yeah. Um, actually, it's even said that people were often confusing progressive with progresso soup at <laughs> oh the my time. God.
1: Ew, Wes likes progresso. Ew,
0: I don't ever buy, I mean, I can't. Canned just don't buy soup. soup
1: just makes me want to vomit. Really? Sorry. Ew. I don't make homemade soup, so I don't know any
0: better. But I also don't make soup. Like, Do you eat like soup.
1: spaghettios?
0: No. Ew, Ew. I hate canned pasta. I, my husband would divorce me. He's Italian. Are you kidding me? That can, is one thing. There I is, make homemade
1: soup, homemade pasta, all that canned stuff. And it's so funny because Wes gets it and he's like, let's
0: just store this way just in case there's a disaster. So, just in
1: case there's a disaster, <laughs> you have we lots have of lot progresso.
0: Okay, good to know. Prior to Flo entering the picture, Progressive's marketing campaigns like usually featured some kind of content that would compare their quote along with other quotes of their higher-priced competitors. Remember that? Yeah. So despite their ads being like pretty dull and not really having sticking power with consumers— the brand was very, like, prog- like literally progressive, progressive in many ways. So they were the first insurance company ever to give you those comparison quotes. Like, they started that. That's, yeah, it was so amazing. they would first give you, like, three quotes, right? And now everyone does that. That's, like, the normal thing. They were also the very first auto insurance group to launch a website. Like, they were the first insurance company on what? the web. And that was in 1995. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, They actually didn't even have their domain, progressive.com, as their original domain. It was like auto insurance.com two years after they realized, shoot, we need to like claim our name. Yeah. But I think in the early 90s, people didn't really know how domains were going to work. Like you said, their
1: customers had no idea who they were. Yeah. So So they probably wasn't progressive. Yeah. They didn't even, they wouldn't go to progressive.com. They'd go to auto insurance.
0: They, Also, we're the first to offer pet injury coverage, and that was in 07, and that provides all the coverage you need for your pup or cat if they're injured in a car crash at no additional cost, and it comes, like, with your collision coverage. Oh, I need to add that. Well, I'm thinking, like, I need to call my insurance company. Hopefully, they all have that by now, right? Don't you think it's, like, a thing? I don't know. I
1: was thinking the other day, like, why don't we have—why don't I put Tex in a seatbelt because he's so crazy?
0: Yeah, True. So despite all of these things, after 60 years, like you know by now, the brand had practically zero awareness and market share. They were doing cool things, but no one knew who they were.
1: They're making tons of money. They had that many customers. They have,
0: so to them, why would they change it? But yeah, I mean, 4% market share is nothing. Nothing. So after years of continuing the same ineffective ads, they fired their agency. I couldn't find who it was. I probably didn't dig hard enough, but I also like didn't want to call out another agency yeah, that got fired, you know? And they landed on a new one. It was Arnold Worldwide, and that's their current agency. Do you know Arnold? Arnold. Amerisave
1: just signed Arnold as their new partner. Oh, amazing. And we're working with them. We have a call next week. I'm
0: super excited. Oh my God. So that's so exciting. So they're the ones who did Flow. Okay. Awesome. So, in early 2008, Arnold presented the concept of the superstore. Do you remember the first superstore ad by chance? Yeah. It aired on January 14th, 2008, and I am gonna play it. I honestly thought it was kind of weird when like yeah. it first launched.
1: Yeah. Welcome to Progressive.com. Did you find your policy okay?
2: I did. Saved over three hundred fifty dollars. We have a savings of three hundred and fifty dollars. A savings of $350. You know, that comes with concierge claim service, local response claim service, and 24-7 live support, all at no extra charge. Wow. Wow. I know. I say it louder. Have a great day. Lots of extra features that don't cost you extra. Now that's progressive. Call or
0: click today. The concept for the ad was that most people felt like shopping for insurance was hell, Okay. So, if that was the case, Progressive wanted their experience to be like Heaven. So, to them, Heaven looked like a beautiful, clean, bright superstore with perfectly stocked, neat shelves. I kind of think that's how you envision Heaven. Yeah. Like, perfectly organized. Like, lots binders, of lots Binders. Lots of binders. She's really into binders, and it's so weird. It had rows and rows of boxes labeled for car, home, and all types of insurance— and it really made insurance seem like a tangible product, like putting insurance in boxes and service in cans. It made that sales process of buying insurance like seem simple. Yeah, but normally it's confusing.
1: Yeah, I I mean, any type of insurance, like health insurance, Mm -hmm. car
0: insurance, it's always so confusing. Totally. So in the ad, you hear a customer saying, wow, because like he's so impressed with all the extra stuff that comes with his insurance, not to mention the fact that he just saved like $350. And a cashier, who we now know is Flo, repeats after him and says, wow, I say it louder. What is crazy, considering all we know now about Flo's history and the iconic nature is that As I said before, this was an accident. She was an accident. She was an extra, okay? Wow. So those five words, wow, I say it louder, were totally unscripted. The rest of it was scripted. Okay. But that was unscripted. The smartest and coolest things the directors of the progressive ad campaign did was encourage all the actors to ad lib. So they didn't put limits on the opportunity like they were like go for it it just so happened that Flo was being played by a comedian Stephanie Courtney and I just I love like when people have two first names as their name I'm sure it's her stage name but whatever and you know what comedians are really good at Ad-libbing. Yep. They are so good at it. So in an interview, Stephanie, who obviously is like super famous now, she actually earns a reported $1 million a year as Flo. Wow. She said that when she auditioned, she was literally just an extra and she was hoping that the commercial would air and that she would get paid for her day of work because she was living in a teeny apartment. She was 38 years old when it started with her cat driving a car that would not go in reverse. Oh my god! Like gosh. that was her and life. And now she makes a million a year. Yep. I bet you they have like an insurance policy on her. Cause can you imagine if like yeah. your your mascot is that iconic and like something happens? Crazy. That's crazy. Ad lib, she did. On the fly, she spouted those five words and she totally stole the show of the entire commercial. She said she threw it in because the directors were looking for like a better ending to the spot. And when the customer said wow, and she yelled, wow, louder back in his face. She, like, then, like, wanted to explain that little loud explosion. So, a little more quietly, she goes, I say it louder. Like, as if to explain, like, why she yelled in his face. And it's cheesy, but it's funny. You know? I think it's cute.
1: Yeah. And it kind of, like, started her character, right?
0: Oh. Kind of goofy and corny. Completely. People loved Flo. I mean, she just had this connection and attraction that, like, they had never seen before. The commercial tested really differently than any other progressive commercials, like, ever had before. 80% of people loved it, and 20% hated it. There was no one in the middle. Yeah. And it boils down to the fact that people were really passionate about the commercial, like, whether it was love or hate, and that was a first for the brand. Like, they had never had that passion from consumers. And especially for a brand that literally less people knew about than were customers of the brand, like, that was exciting. That's super exciting. I
1: mean, and even the people that hated it, like you said, they're passionately hated passionately it. Passionately hated it. They're still
0: talking about it. Totally. So it did take a few more spots, but slowly they started focusing more and more on Flow as the main character. And the progressive marketing team knew they had something special. And although it was relatively unplanned, they embraced it and Flow was really born at that moment. They allowed her to ad-lib, and some of the funniest progressive commercials are just things Stephanie, or like Flo, says on the fly with no planning. That's awesome. hmm So they kept with the Superstore concept for the next few years, and they surrounded Flo with characters to play with and to expand the storyline. It was kind of like Flo had this, like, never-ending shift at, yeah. like, the Progressive Insurance Superstore. Like, she was just always there. She was always working. <laughs> yeah. And by the end of 2010— Customers actually seem to be getting flow fatigue a little bit. Interesting. Yeah. Earnings growth slowed during that year and gains fell to 2% compared to 3% the year prior. So Progressive, like, they tried some new things. They added some new characters. They really tried to find, like, good supporting roles to, to play with flow. And it helped a bit, but it wasn't enough. And then the brand brought on a new CMO. His name is Jeff Charney. And he took Flo to the next level. Nice. He took her out of the superstore and into the world. And her first experience in the world was on a date. (laughs) I'm going to show you this little commercial, Alexis.
2: It was the best day. It was the best day.
0: We make a great
2: pair. Great pair. Progressive. And the great outdoors. We make a great pair. Right. Totally. Uh, That's what I was thinking.
1: Covering the things that make the outdoors great. Now that's Progressive. Call or click today. And it's perfect because it expands a whole new market. About the great outdoors. So RVs and boats
0: and everything. Exactly. That's exactly it. And this spot was called The Best Day. And as you just said, it featured Flo like out in the wilderness with this cute guy. And she's on a boat with him. She's catching butterflies. She's riding a jet ski. And then she's like camping, like sitting around a campfire by her RV with her like little date. And we actually find out it's a daydream sequence. And it's like this male customer just dreaming of going on a date with Flo as he's checking out. And obviously, we're assuming he's checking out buying, like, progressive insurance policies for his, like, outdoor adventures.
1: And it showed the boats and everything in the background. Totally. So that,
0: that, you're right. You're so right. It's smart because it not only got people, like, seeing flow in a new environment and with a potential love interest, but it also marketed the fact that they sold those policies for RVs, boats, all the Alexis things, (laughs) all the outdoors things. So Charney did something different next, something that... I don't think many other brands have done with their ad campaigns, at least that I've heard of, but maybe I'm missing something. So if I am, please like let me know. He decided to treat Flo and the Superstore campaign like as if it was a sitcom. This new approach included these like hilarious flashbacks to Flo's childhood. He brought on many new cast members. He created so many different sets and props and like alternate worlds And apparently, Charney claims to always have had this, like, serious fascination with TV. And he was inspired by classic sitcoms like All in the Family and Good Times for his concepts. And suddenly, the commercials become, like, a little more cinematic and more interesting. I was going to say, I noticed that. Yeah. He didn't work for the agency. Just, you know, he was the CMO of Progressive. Progressive. Yeah. One of my favorite commercials from this time is called Meat Sweats.
2: At book club, they were asking me you what you're doing now, Janice. Blogging. Your blog is just pictures of you in a mirror. It's called a fashion blog, Todd. Well, I've been helping people save money with Progressive's discounts. Flo, can you get Janice a job? <laughs> you should have stuck to softball. I was so much better at softball than Janice dad. Where's your wife, Todd? Vacation. Discounts like homeowners, multi-policy. I got a discount on this ham. I've got the meat sweats. It's good ham, Diane. Paperless discounts. Give it a rest, yeah, Flo. Yeah, Flo, give, yeah, give it a rest, Paul. Flo.
0: I love it. I know. I've never seen that one. It is so funny. And that commercial was from 2014. And it just so happened to be the 100th ad that Flo appeared in. Wow, by the way, 100 ads in 2014. So Flo is sitting at Thanksgiving dinner with her bickering, dysfunctional family. We meet her mom, her dad, her brother, her sister, her grandpa. And of course, Flo's there. But every single one of the family members is played by Flo. So she's in six different costumes. I dug into how they created this commercial. She They actually, like, had metal rods that she had to look at to, like, talk to the cust- the, the character because, like, she was all the characters. Oh, my gosh. You know, yeah. and, like, the director was, like, feeding her lines and then, like, also allowing her to ad lib at the same time. So <laughs> the ad, according to an Ad Age article, was designed to build a deeper connection to the character to, like, really tap into that relatable moment and showcase the campaign's range. Which, as we know, includes a ton of improvisation, right? So while it was scripted, it left lots of room for fun. And the best line that we get of that commercial is when Flo, who's acting as her grandpa, randomly says, I've got the meat sweats. Like, <laughs> just so random. Is- Wait, I think it's so funny because it looks
1: like it's almost staged in... I don't know what era, like the 60s or 70s. So everything's old, but she's really modern as well. But then flow. like her,
0: her sister's like a fashion blogger, a blogger and, like and does <laughs> not look like a fashion blogger. And like the brother is holding a baby and the, the sister asks him, where's your wife? And he's and like, not she's But not even on a holding the baby. <laughs> the baby's like just laying on the table. I know. It's so funny. It's just a great commercial. I like really got into finding all of those <laughs> from that era. Another episode where they took Flo out of the superstore was called Flow Motion, and it showed Flo driving a boat. I think it's the ocean or like some kind of marina somewhere, and she's passing all these other boats who are named something flow related. Flow Motion, Flokahana, like they all <laughs> have their names on them. Flotal Attraction, Cash Flow, Flowman with my homies ebb and flow like everyone's like into flow and they're all waving at her and she's like royally waving at everyone like everyone loves her and then there's like one random dude whose boat is named something like old hag and he like glares at her and then the commercial ends like he hates her for some reason i she a blast doing this especially because she was a comedian right oh totally but guess what's so funny why i love this why i loved this commercial and had to talk about it so, like, she actually was driving the boat in the commercial, and so you don't see this on camera, but behind the scenes, she crashed the fucking boat into another <laughs> boat. Oh, my God. And so, like, this was when, um, so right after the new CMO came on board, he had hired a new director for the ads, and this director is who really, like, took things to the next level. It was her third day ever working with the new director, and she was like, great, I just fucking crashed the boat. He's oh going to think I'm a crazy person, but it was so funny, and they built a really, like, good relationship, which I think probably helped them create this amazing content I know, together. I love it. I guess I didn't realize how much the talent in a commercial can influence the outcome of the ad. Because oh, I, I yeah. know like movies and sitcoms, like I'm sure there's ad-libbing and there's like the actor is dictates the success of it, not just the script, but like Flo created, Flo made this as much as the agency and the progressive CMO did. Yeah, it was like her
1: personality, which totally, I love. Yeah. And I don't know, sorry if I'm jumping ahead, but I love the retainer one or is it the retainer one in, mm. in the laundromat? And I the don't girl- show that one, but that's such a good commercial. <gasps> oh my yeah. God. When she's like, the girl's falling in love with the teenage boy and teenage girl, they're kind of falling in love at the laundromat and Flo just shows up and's like,
0: I found your retainer. That <laughs> <laughs> is a great one. There's so, I mean, there's been over 150 ads. so I like, love it. But the progressive marketing team would actually meet constantly to evaluate the numbers of every single commercial, which is what? every brand should be doing. Absolutely. I mean, we do that for our clients. I mean, no matter if it's digital or it's like a TV commercial, we're evaluating the numbers every single time. And they did that to really decide like where to invest the marketing budget and to understand whether the characters and the storylines they were bringing in were like resonating with audiences. So do you remember this ad by chance? Hey there.
2: Hey, yourself. Brad needs car insurance, but uh, Brad doesn't want to spend too much. Who's Brad?
1: This is Brad.
2: Ah, well, Progressive has lots of discounts for a guy like Brad.
1: Brad's intrigued.
2: Paid in full, safe driver, multi-car, going paperless, all can help Brad save a bunch.
1: Sign Brad up.
2: (laughs) Cool. Jamie will ring you up.
1: Show Brad the way. Who's Brad?
2: Oh, here we go again. Discounts
0: that everyone can use. Now that's Progressive. Call or click today. What a weirdo! I know. So, what do you think about that commercial? It's interesting. Yeah. So this guy Brad, and he made very sure that we knew his name was Brad because he's this arrogant like guy who speaks in third person, which is the worst. I hate. When people I hate do when that. people do I that. Do I mean, that. It's so awkward. Tatum actually, my daughter, my youngest, does it sometimes, and I'm like, girl, she's, yeah. she's five, so like, I'm trying to, you know, there's a balance between telling her she's weird and supporting it, supporting it. But, anyways, it was the worst for viewers they hated it people hated brad with a passion and the numbers showed it so progressive candom they were like oh nope not going no here no more brad yeah no more brad they thought it would work but the smartest thing they did with all the commercials was like listen to feedback and make change quick even in the middle of a global pandemic flo was right there suffering through work from home with us zoom problems and all all right, all right. So all right. i'll start start oh oh do you want to go first? Oh, no, I don't. You go. go. I was
1: just going to be on slide seven talking about bundling and saving. Uh, Jamie, you're cutting out.
0: Sorry, I'm late. Hey, whoever's doing that, can you
1: go on mute? Oh, my bad. I was just saying
2: there's
0: a typo on slide seven bundle home and auto for big disco snouts. I think that's supposed to say discounts.
2: You sure about that? Hey,
0: can you guys see me? <laughs> <laughs> I just love how they, like, really took Flo, like, into the times, you know? They did—they're awesome. They did a great job. Is the CMO the same CMO? He left a couple years ago, so it's a different one now. But interestingly, unlike many of the campaigns we have already covered where, like, sex appeal is a really big part of the message or, like, the undertones, this is kind of the opposite. Yeah. Like, she was actually—so, Stephanie, or Flo, was quoted in an article saying that, Her character, Flo, is pretty much the most asexual thing on TV. And she said she believes that the Geico lizard puts out more sex appeal than Flo does. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Which is true. Like, you're not—even the date sequence. Like, nothing is sexy. We're not, like, seeing her body. We're not—I mean, it's just—
1: she's more about— Again, refers to the auto insurance and the security, and kind of the fascination with
0: flow. Yeah, just like not her her, body, her fun personality. She also said that when she found out like they were looking for a character who was kind of this like friendly neighborhood waitress, she just channeled her own mom. She's like, "Oh, I got this, people! Like, my mom is is this person, and that's who she acts like is her mom." I know, and you know what is crazy cool about all this? Just two years into the launch of this new strategy. Progressive's revenue was up by 15%. Nice. So since 2008, when this campaign began, Flo has appeared in more than 150 commercials. And that number is from a few years ago. Like, I couldn't find what it is today. Wow. So it's probably way more. No other actor has appeared in more commercials as the same character ever. I know. I was gonna say 150 commercials is insane for
1: one I mean, actor. That
0: budget. What was their budget? Oh girl. we am gonna get they're there. They're a billion dollar company. So, Flow is credited with inspiring a new trend of female commercial pitch people. We already know like imitation is the highest form of flattery, right? Right. So like when someone copies you, like you're doing something right. So AT and T created a character named Lily, very similar Flow vibe. Okay. Um, then there was Jan from Toyota. I mean, we don't remember these as much because honestly, they don't—they didn't they stick, stick. But they are still used um, on
1: occasion. So. Yeah, but I love it because it's so much like what you say. Every campaign is replicated off another.
0: It is. I, I think every idea like is kind of inspired by someone else's. Progressive actually chose to develop an in-house media team because their media spend has been so huge. Okay, like, I'm they guess had to control it. Go ahead. Four hundred million. Okay, you're way off. In 2013, 2013, they spent 587 million in 2013 in advertising. Whoa. So they've grown that quite significantly, yeah. okay? In 2019, the company spent 1.85 billion in advertising. In 2020, in the middle of a global pandemic, when they were paying out COVID-19 premium credits, all of these things were happening in a pandemic. They spent $2.18 billion in advertising. That made them one of the top 10 advertisers in the country. And their profitability was up 24% last year, despite all of those things. Despite increasing their ad spend. Wow. Despite all the potentially negative effects Marking that like, works. COVID-19 brought. I mean, holy cow. When I saw the billion number, I was like, billion? Is, that a bill- is that real? Well, good thing they brought an in-house media team. I know. They had to. They would have been spending a fortune on, you know, media management. So the director who came in once Charney, who was the new CMO, was hired, like, during this time, said that looking back over what they have created, like, it's not just something where they were making ads. Like, they were working with a brand and an icon who people love, and it was magical, he said. "Flow is arguably the number one icon in the country, and just over a decade ago, I want you to remember... They only had two percent brand awareness. So crazy. That's insanity. That is why the other insurance companies were like, "What the fuck just happened?" Because in less than ten years, Progressive, Progressive just blew everyone out of the water. Them from like at least I don't know who necessarily has the most market share, but. Brand awareness a hundred percent progressive. Yeah. Over Geico. I would agree it's over Geico. Oh, well, yeah. the, ex- the experts agree it's over Geico. Yeah. So I think Geico was great when it first
1: launched, but then the lizard kind of got old. Mm-hmm. Like it was kind and then they launched all these other random
0: things. So it they kind of they just took it. It was weird. A weird angle. Yeah, yeah I agree. And despite Flo being around for over a decade, she still has a really strong fan base. I mean, people dress up like Flo for Halloween. Uh, if you do a quick Amazon search, you'll find, like, a billion costumes. And I know this because I really tried to get one for today. Oh, my God. That <laughs> I like awesome. wanted to show up in a Flo outfit, but it didn't happen. The data does not lie. I mean, Flo is the real deal, and not just because people know her. I mean, she sold the hell out of insurance. I bet. Like, what were? Tell me the numbers. So, in two thousand and eight, before Flo debuted, the company did thirteen point six billion dollars in revenue. Okay. Okay. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, in twenty twenty, the brand did forty two billion dollars in revenue. That growth in thirteen short years is something to write home about. That is insane. That is crazy growth, and they really do attribute it to Flo. To Flow, To the success of her with the world yeah i wonder if they'll keep how long they'll keep flow there were a couple articles that like were talking about like where flow go and like she hasn't been around as much but she was in 2020 around and i'm sure at some point they'll phase her out or they'll change the story but her icon and like the her, like, legacy persona, yeah. that she's gonna leave is i mean that's never gonna go away I would say it sticks. I would say it sticks for yeah. sure. Yeah, this is a good I mean,
1: one. I feel like if people are going to dress up as a Halloween or like you you have your own Halloween costume.
0: Yeah. And then- not just for like the one year. Like I know like in Old Spice, you were like, well, people dress up like him, but like for one year. No, people still dress up as like her. Like Flo, totally. Maybe I'll be Flo next year. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be, well, you, you always do family costumes. So like, how are you going to bring that all? Everyone could be a different insurance mascot. <laughs> if Wes could be Jake from State Farm with those tan pants, like the khakis and like the Red polo in oh his hair, like bowl cut or something. That would be perfect. Wes always gets. Caden can be like the you lizard, the Geico. Me these stupid costumes. Caden can be the Geico. The twins. I don't know what they could be. No. Oh, mayhem! Mayhem! Fuck yes! Oh my <laughs> god! Cash That's is mayhem. mayhem. Cash is mayhem. I just, you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Just Found my next Halloween costume. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the sources. There were some really good ones. I loved Fast Company's article by Jeff Beer from 2018 titled. 10 Years of Flow, the Story Behind Progressive's Accidental Ad Icon. Oh, my God. And wait, I forgot to tell you. You know who's quoted in that article? Who? Kaylee Caldwell <gasps> from the Martin Agency. And she's also, like, this big professor at VCU's, like, brand center. She has a huge quote in that article. And we actually worked with her recently on America Save Mortgage yeah. Corporation. And it was just really cool to see that. Like, That's awesome. She's a big deal. Yeah. Anyways, I also read Ad Age's article on Flow's Progressive Evolution from 2014 by Ashley Rodriguez, as well as Adweek's article by Robert Clara from March of this year, and that was titled, Why Progressive's Flow and Friends Trounce That Talking Lizard. And then Progressive's website had a great history timeline, and then I found this awesome video. It's hosted on Vimeo. I don't know where else I could find it. Maybe it's on the website from Progressive, but it was like this really cool video that was produced for Flo's 10-year anniversary, and it's like a 10-minute mini documentary. On Flo. It, it's really cool. You got to watch it. Yeah. I'll link out okay. definitely for everyone to see. So that is all I got for you. Thanks for listening. We hope you love this episode and you love flow.
1: And you'll come back next week to listen for more. And of course, please tell all your friends to follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also follow us on Instagram at Will it Stick Podcast and visit us online at WillItStickPodcast.com for all the cool links to
0: these videos. Yeah, and to read all of our sources because we definitely want to give credit to all the reporters who've done all the hard work for us. We just got to combine and put it in our own words. Thank you. Tell the story. Thank you. See you next week.